Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3 will be our opening text. While you're turning there, we're in a series entitled Summer at CFC. And some of the topics that we have talked about, we have uh, talked about the mountains. How many in the house just love the mountains? Can you say amen? All right. If you didn't say amen, you need Jesus. Mountains rule. Um, we've talked about camping in tents. And uh, sometimes we can look inside life inside a tent and feel confined and you know, God, where are you? And sometimes God just wants us to get outside of the tent and look up and see His face. And when we see His face, how many recognize everything will be okay? Can you say amen? We talked about being planted in the house of God. Those who plant in the house are the ones that flourish. And then last Sunday, I talked about uh, the Jordan River and the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Today, we're going to be taking a trip to the ocean. Matter of fact, we have, uh, matter of fact, we got a little sound going on too. Doesn't that just sound good? Beautiful. Is there anyone here you just love the ocean? I, I, I guess I, I don't love it, but I, I like it. Kelly, that's her favorite place in the world is the ocean. Do you know why I, I, I just like it, but I don't love the ocean? Is when I was an early teenager, they came out with that movie Jaws. And it ruined my life. I mean, Jaws ruined my life. I will not wade out in the ocean past my knees. I mean, I just, Jaws is out there, and I hear the music, and I, I know he's going to get me. He hasn't struck in a while, hasn't been seen since I was a teenager, so I think he'd probably show up in my life. But I, I just kind of, but I will say I love Shark Week. <laughs> Kelly and I, we were celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary, and um, we were in Hawaii, and how many know that's a big one to celebrate? It's a big one. I was thinking, let's just have a, a staycation and stay home and have McDonald's, and she said, no, we're going to Hawaii. And um, Kelly likes to snorkel. Has anyone ever snorkeled out in Hawaii? It is beautiful. Well, I'll snorkel, but I won't go past again my knees because Jaws ruined my life, that movie. And I was watching Kelly... And I was on the shore, and I was watching her, and she's snorkeling, and she's getting further and further and further and further and further away from the beach. And finally, she's way out there, and I'm thinking, dear Lord, Jaws is out there. Um, I wonder where she put her life insurance policy. I mean, I'm just thinking about this. I know you don't think about that, but I was, you know, and she finally, she bobbed up, and she recognized how far away she was from the beach. And she started freaking out. She swam back to shore, and life was good. But listen, there's something about the ocean. Um, when Kelly and I, when we pastored in Arizona, I took her to San Diego about once every year and a half just so she could go to the ocean. There's something about just wading out, not past your knees if you're like me, but just the sound of the waves. Uh, Priscilla Crossley uh, she, she and her husband oversee our missions, pastoral care, and our seniors at the church. She posted on Facebook after my message. And she said, when I'm at the ocean and the waves, it just sounds like, you know, 10,000 people clapping for me. And I thought, that is so profound. Could it be that the waves, the ocean that we hear, that, that we have the audience of God, and that's God just clapping over our lives? Aren't you grateful that the Lord, He sees us? We're never alone. So I want to talk to you about the ocean of God's love. I want to talk to you today about the ocean of God's His love. 
His peace, and then finally, His forgiveness. And I want to, I just a couple of facts about the ocean. Very interesting to me. Do you know that, um, that there is enough gold in the ocean for each and every one of us to have nine pounds of gold apiece? Let me say, we should go and look for that in the ocean. Also, do you know that there are approximately three million shipwrecks in the oceans combined, and that the ocean has more artifacts than all the world's museums combined. Another interesting fact about the oceans, sharks have their own underwater buffet. And I'm not going to be on the menu because I only go out to about this deep. Now, is there, I, Kelly and I, uh, we kind of curbed our eating habits, you know, when we moved here. And, but there was back in the day when, man, I was tall and skinny and I could just eat anything. Is there anyone like me back in the day? I know you don't do it now, but when you go to the buffet, you wear some extra loose, loose clothes. Don't raise your hand, but you know what I'm talking about. I had a youth pastor in Arizona that was on my team, Bill Weaver. He's now a great senior pastor in Santan, uh, Arizona. Just built a big building, dedicated a couple weeks ago. But man, when they would see Bill Weaver coming, they would like put the clothes sign on the door. He could just eat more than anyone I ever saw. But just a couple of facts about the ocean. Listen to this. Do you know that the ocean covers approximately 72% of planet Earth? On average, the ocean is 2.3 miles deep, but the deepest part of the ocean is just under 7 miles. How many know that is deep? Can you say amen? Now... As deep as the ocean is, God's love is deeper. His peace is deeper. His forgiveness is deeper than the ocean. Can you scream amen? All right. Well, let's go ahead and read. Number one, the ocean of God's love. Ephesians chapter 3, and I want to begin reading in verse 14. The Bible says, the Apostle Paul, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he says, I bow my knees. Now, those of you who are new to the church, we have six CFC campuses. We have five in Idaho, one in Northern California. And I teach and train all of our preaching pastors that don't you dare take the stage before first coming off of your knees. I train them that in worship, you better be on your knees worshiping the Lord. Because if you don't come up off of your knees and you take the stage, you have nothing of eternal consequence to say. But God would use a man of God who bows their knee to the Lord, stating that, God, I've got nothing to communicate today. But Lord, in my humility, I pray that your anointing would be upon me so that when I stand before people and I open my mouth and the Word of God is open, eternal things will happen. Can you say amen? So the Bible said, the Apostle Paul, that I like this. He said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in, what does your Bible say? grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be able filled with all the fullness of God. Now I want to read it one more time, but in the Passion Translation. 
So powerful. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with His divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of His love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what the extreme, excuse me, what every uh, Holy One experiences. Listen closely. I have this highlighted. The great multitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. Listen, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measure that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are all filled with overflowing to the fullness of God. Can you say amen? Father, would you take just the next few moments, and Lord, I pray that your anointing would be strong upon our hearts, our minds, our, our, our spiritual walk with you, and that God, the Word of God, would not return void, but it would re- accomplish what you desire it to accomplish today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you about the ocean of God's love. A couple more verses. Psalms chapter 139, verses 7 through 10. I can never escape from your spirit. You ever tried to run from God? There's some of you, you're trying to run from God, like He doesn't see you. Is there anyone else that, I don't know if it's a good parent or not, but we would, we'd play hide and seek with Ryan and Bethany. Uh, my mom and daddy, they'd play hide and seek, and they would personally hide so I couldn't find them. We wouldn't do that with our kids, though. When we were hiding, we would still always know where they were. When they were hiding, we would cheat. We would, you know, one, two, I'm looking at, at the count of three. I know they're in the clothing rack at the mall. You know, I, I know they're, they're on what I, I see. You might try to hide, <laughs> but God sees you. He is seeking you. You can't, and, and this, this, it's a premise of this verse. The Bible says, I can never escape from your spirit, I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest, guess what the Bible says? Oceans, even there, your hand shall lead me. Psalm chapter 36, verses 5 through 7. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice is like the ocean depths. How much does God love you, the ocean of God's love? God loves you so much that He sent His only begotten Son to die in your place. Let me say, that is love. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down His life for His friends. You are a friend of God if you know Him in a personal way. I don't know about you, but when I read about the, the, the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord, as I, I read about the beatings and the whip and the nails and the spitting in His face and the pulling out of His beard when I survey the old rugged cross, that is the love of Almighty God. It's as though God, Jesus said, Father, kill me, don't kill Monty, and it's God's saying, I want 
my family back. If you're grateful for the love of God, can we just give him a great big hand this morning? Lord, thank you. The ocean of God's love. The ocean. Have you ever been to the ocean, looked out? It's wider than you see. It's longer than you see. It's deeper than you see. God's love is wider yet. It's longer yet. It's deeper yet. It's endless, and it is eternal. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. How many in the house grateful that the love of God does not change and it does not diminish? God's love is higher than your mistakes, higher than your failures, higher than your sin, higher than what you're going through. The love of God is strong, it's powerful, it's who He is. Can you scream amen? amen. So I just want to talk to you about the ocean of God's love. Psalm chapter 136, verses 4 through 9. Uh, Thank the miracle-working God. His love never quits. On the count of three, can you scream that with me? His love never quits. One, two, three. His love never quits. Listen to this verse, these verses. Thank the miracle-working God. His love never quits. The God whose skill formed the cosmos. His love never quits. The God who laid out the earth on ocean foundations. His love never quits. The God who filled the skies with light. His love never quits. The sun to watch over the day. His love never quits. Moon and stars as guardians of the night. His love never quits. On the count of three, let's scream it again. One, two, three. His love never quits. It doesn't diminish. His love is forever. It is an everlasting love. Now, now last Sunday, I want to do just a real quick review because it's very profound to me. If you missed last, last Sunday's message, get on our website and watch it. I talked about the Jordan River, how that represented the flow of God in our life. It represented grace and mercy and forgiveness of sin. It represents the blood of Jesus. How many recognize everything good that flows into our life comes from the Father of lights? Can you say amen? Then we talked about the two seas, the Sea of Galilee that is teeming with life. And then we talked about the Dead Sea. With everything in the Dead Sea, well, it is, um, it's dead. But I talked about the crazy thing about it is both seas are fed by the same water. It is the Jordan River that is fed to the Sea of Galilee, and it is the Jordan River that feeds the Dead Sea. The only difference between the two seas is the Sea of Galilee receives an inflow from the north and has an outflow to the south, where the, the Dead Sea has an inflow from the north, but there is no outflow. So we talked about the love of God. I purposely put a whole bunch of scriptures in there. Now listen. I don't ever want to become a dead sea and dry up. I want to live like the Sea of Galilee. So the love that I received, I want to give. The Bible says, he who is forgiven much, loves much. I want to make sure that as a recipient of the grace and forgiveness of God, that I'm willing to give grace and forgiveness to those who hurt me. I want to make sure that this, this endless love of God, that I love my neighbor. 
Because if I don't give the things of God away, my life will dry up and it will become dead and barren. And I don't want to become a dead sea. We are a church that's teeming with life. Why? Because we love people. It doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter how they vote. Doesn't matter what style of whatever they like. We exist to love people to life. Can you scream amen? You might be saying, well, I need a verse on that. I'm so glad you asked. John chapter 13, verse 33, and I quote, as I have loved you, love one another. Jesus, if you need another one, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. I have purposed in my heart, not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, I'm going to love, <laughs> I'm going to love the outcast, and I'm going to love those who have been drawn near. How many recognize it is the blood of Jesus that caused us who were far off to draw near to God? I'm going to live the up and come. I'm going to love the up and comers, and I'm going to live the down, love the down and outers. I am going to love unconditionally because that is the love that I have received from God. I don't want to just have and to hold. I want to give it away so God can transform lives. If you're with me, can you say Amen? So the ocean. <laughs> excuse me, of God's love. Next, I want to talk to you about the ocean of God's peace. I was up very early this morning. I really felt the Holy Spirit say, son, there's going to be people who are in a storm. Sometimes we do bad things and there's consequences. And we understand that those storms, but have you ever been in a storm that you didn't see coming? You're living for God. You're obedient to the will of God. Just out of nowhere, just this storm rises and you're going, where did that come? And have you ever had somebody point that that religious, pointy, scrawny finger in your face and say, there must be sin in your life. I don't know about you, but some of the storms that I've incurred are the direct result of an act of faith and an act of obedience. And I want to read about one. Would you go on with me in your Bibles to, um, I believe it's Mark chapter 4. <coughs> Excuse me, Mark chapter 4. Verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, if I could ask a big favor of you, could I ask you to circle or underline the word us? Because it's very significant. He didn't just say, you go over there. He said, let us, let us cross over to the other side. Now, sometimes to get you from where you are to where God wants you to be, Sometimes it involves a storm. Sometimes to get you out of the secure, safe comfort zone that we all have, sometimes it's obeying a word from God that requires faith to take a step outside of your comfort zone. You know that safe area where you can kind of just put it in auto pause and things are okay? Sometimes you will see God in the midst of a storm and you will see things about your God that you do not see from the shore. Sometimes it's in the middle of of the storm that you see the miracle workings of God unlike any other mountaintop or valley experience. I, I got to keep reading. He said, let us go over. That's his command. Let us go over the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were with him. So, God gave them a word. They said, yes, sir, and they were obedient. Certainly nothing happens in the life of a believer that is walking in faith and obeying the word of the Lord. Well, let's listen. <laughs> the Bible says 
Now, now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were there, were also with him. Verse 37, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beating into the boat, not just on the boat, but the Bible says into the boat so that it was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a storm living for God outside of your comfort zone, heard a word for God? A word of God will always require faith. And most, if not all of the time, it will cause you to leave what's secure in your life and take a risk for the glory of God. There have been many times when I've done that. I'm going, well, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm taking on water. Listen closely. Do you, do you see me? Do you care? Do you even care, Lord, that I feel like I'm perishing? Some of you here today, Lord, do you even care that, that my marriage is a wreck? It feels, feels like, still, just seems like it's perishing. Or I got that. You know, sometimes a storm will come in the form of a conversation. I'm sorry, sir, but you're terminal. Or, 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 uh, or a husband or a wife, I hate you. Or someone just being indifferent. Or a critic. Or the, just the storms of life. Lord, do you, do you even care that we're perishing? Listen. What troubles us, Jesus sleeps through. Jesus was asleep in the boat. So, beloved, as long as God is in your life, you are not going under. You're going over in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus is in your life. Can you scream amen? So he said, Lord, do you, do you, teacher, do you, do you care that we're perishing? And he rose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea three words, peace be still, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But when he said to them, why are, are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Listen to verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the waves obey him? Isn't that profound? You see, they had seen the Lord raise the dead open blind eyes, open deaf ears, heal the man with the withered hand in the temple, which was against the law. Oh, that Jesus. But it wasn't until they encountered the storm of their life that they saw that Jesus had authority over the wind and the wave. Some of you are in the middle of the storm. There is a miracle in the middle. You are going through a storm in the middle because you've, let, you've, you've lost sight of the, the, the beach, the safe shore, and you are walking in faith. But listen, the God that was with the disciples in the storm is the same God that is with you in the storm. And you will see things in the storm. You will see supernatural provision. You will see supernatural favor. You will see blessings that will blow your mind to get you where God wants you to be sometimes you've got to go through a, through a storm. How many know that's true? Can you say amen? amen? Storm. A couple of lessons from storms. Number one, storms are seasonal, not eternal. Number two, storms do not take Jesus by surprise. Number three, 
Jesus is always with us in the storm. Number four, Jesus is not moved by the storm. He moves the storm by his word. Number five, the wind and the waves still know his voice. Can you say amen? Now let me land with this on on this second point. The ocean of God's love, the ocean of God's peace. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It is the presence of Christ. There is a place in God that even the storms of life, that there is peace. So peace is not the absence of storms or trials or tribulations. It is the presence of God. Can you say amen? Let me give you one more scripture here. Psalm chapter 89, verse 8 and 9. So awesome are you, O Yahweh, Lord God of angel armies, Where could we find anyone as glorious as you? Your faithfulness shines all around you. Listen closely. You rule over oceans and the swelling seas. When the stormy waves rise, you speak and they lie still. Three words, peace. Be still. I just want to speak that over someone today. I believe the Lord would say to somebody today, it's been rough waters. It's been a long time. God would say to you, peace, be still. And when you get to the other side, you will look back and see the sovereignty of God. You will thank God for the storm. I didn't share this in the first service, but uh, one of the greatest storms in my life is when uh, I blew my lower back up doing concrete. I herniated some discs in my lower back. I was a board member. Kelly and I were junior high youth pastors, all free, just blessing the church. Kelly was a women's Bible study leader. Again, I was a board member, serving the church. I was working about 70 hours a week and serving the church, loving my family. And my lower back blew up on the job one day. And I heard the surgeon say, Mr. Sears, large herniations, going to require surgery. Life as you know it is over. You'll never ride a dirt bike again. You'll ne- never do construction again. You need to figure out what to do with your life. How many recognize that was a storm? I lost my livelihood just like that. That's all I've known. My daddy was a contractor. And I I journaled. And I found that journal, believe it or not. And I wrote these words. God, tithing, I'm giving up offerings. I'm giving hours to the church. I'm loving my family. I'm doing everything that I believe you've called me to do. I can't seem to find you in this storm. Now let's fast forward a few years maybe 33 years, and here I am looking you in the face. I've raced dirt bikes since then. I I used to be an Ironman triathlete. I built a few buildings. How many recognize man does not have the final say in your life? But now I look back, and that storm is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I wonder if some of us could grasp that today what you're dealing with, what your struggle is. It's so painful and terrible, right? I understand that. It hurt. I suffered pain. I I suffered loss. I lost my identity because my my daddy raised me uh, to work harder than anyone, and that was my, my lifestyle, and I lost it all. Reaching over and picking up a concrete trowel. But now on the other side of that storm, 
I see the sovereignty of God. You see, I was very prideful back then. It was me that had the ministry of helps. It was me that would have been cutting your wood and stacking your wood. It was me that would have been mowing your yard. But I was down on my back for months, and I had to have the people of God come and bless me. And how many know it's easier to give than it is to receive? You see, there are some things that died in my life that now I look back on and I say, Lord, thank you. It was hard. It was painful. We lost so much. But what we have gained today because of the biggest storm in my life, I wouldn't trade it for all the treasures in the world. What you are going through, God is moving in your life. He is shifting you from here to here. And one day you're going to look back and you're going to be grateful for what you're going through because you will see the moving of the Spirit of God in the storm more so than even when you were on the mountain. Can you say amen? I just believe it. Peace be still. Some of you are coming to the other side. You're getting close to look back, and Lord, it was painful, but God, thank you. The ocean of God's love. How many grateful for the ocean of God's love? Can you say amen? amen. About the ocean of God's peace. Can you say amen? Yes. Finally, I want to talk to you about the ocean of God's forgiveness. Lord shared something with me, just fresh revelation, very profound, that I'm going to try to share with you, the ocean of God's forgiveness. Would you go in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 103? Psalms chapter 103. Boy, I like that sound. There's an older lady after the first service. She said, Pastor, I really like the ocean, the waves, the sound. I said, could you really hear the sound out there? And she said, yeah, I really heard it, but it really made me want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so bladders, just you're fine, you're fine. The ocean of God's forgiveness the Bible says in Psalms chapter 103, it's one of my favorite Psalms, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And there's just a few listed. Who forgives all your iniquities, can you say amen? amen. Who heals all your diseases, can you say Amen who redeems your life from destruction. That was my story. God redeemed my life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, if I could, could I go to verse 11 and 12? The Bible says, for as the heavens are high above the earth, and they are, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. Now fear, we have a whole bunch of new Christians. Fear is not this. Fear is a holy reverence, understanding and recognizing that He is Abba, Father that you have not done too much, you can't crawl up into Papa Daddy's lap. Papa, Father, Abba, Father, and be embraced by a God filled with love. So fear is not, it's a holy reverence based out of your walk and your relationship with God. So the Bible says, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. Verse 12, listen. 
as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Interesting to note, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Have you ever thought to yourself, I'll read stuff and I'll ask questions. Why doesn't it say, as far as the north is from the south, so far he has removed our transgressions from us? Because north and south are finite. There is a north pole. You can go north so far, there is a north pole. I have stood in Barrow, Alaska, the, the most northern place in the world. Minus 30 degrees, 30 mile an hour winds. I only lasted for about 10 seconds out there, but I stood at Barrow, Alaska. Listen, you can go far enough north that there's a North Pole, and you can go far enough south, and there's a South Pole. It's finite. But east and west has no end. It's infinite. How far? Can I read it again? As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. So, north and south are finite. East and west are infinite. They go on and on and on forever. So what does that mean? It means in Christ Jesus, how far does God remove our sin from us? An infinity away, an eternity away. Sin, an eternity away. Shame, an eternity away. Guilt, forever away. Somebody scream amen. North and south, you can find it. East and west, never to be found again. Not only that, we're told in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my sake. Listen closely. And I will not remember your sins. The ocean of God's love. The ocean of God's peace.